0: Welcome to the podcast of Canadian author, Margaret Mackay. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Margaret Mackay. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you what's happening in the artistic community of the Durham region. I will be having interviews with various artists, whether it be writers, painters, theater people, you name it. We're going to discuss things artistic. I will also be sharing with you readings from some of my own works. Grab a cuppa, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For today's program, I'm going to read Chapter 2 of Stone Cottage. Rebecca spent the morning driving aimlessly around the countryside. Trees were sprouting new foliage and within days would be in full leaf. Birds were migrating north and the red-winged blackbirds had returned from their winter home. All nature was coming alive. She was alive. For the first time in ages she felt free and happy. This was the perfect medicine to shake off her previous hysteria. Rolling down the windows, Rebecca cranked up the radio and bebopped her way along the highway, singing at the top of her voice. She searched small towns and hamlets, looking for the hideaway where she could be herself with no pressure. Nothing caught her attention. There were some lovely places for sale, but they didn't tug at her heartstrings. After stopping for a leisurely lunch, She got back into her car and headed home. She was pleased that she had followed her instinct. Feeling better, she let her mind go. Not really concentrating on where she was, she passed a side road near Port Perry. As soon as she had passed it, something nudged her to turn around. She frowned. Hmm, that looks vaguely familiar but I don't remember being here before. Following her gut feeling, she backed up and started down the road. At the crest of a hill, she spotted a narrow path, almost hidden by the trees. There was a dilapidated for sale sign hanging askew by the edge of the road. It was barely visible in the tall grass. Feeling almost giddy, She turned on to the path to see what could possibly be at the end. As she crept along the overgrown track, tall trees on either side arched over the road, casting it in dark shadows. Goosebumps stood up on Rebecca's arms and made her shiver. The lane gave way to an old stone house with a circular driveway. The sun broke through the clouds as she stopped the car in front of the building and stepped out. The warm rays of the sun enveloped her and the house in a soft cocoon. It felt as if she were being wrapped in loving arms that were welcoming her home. She had no name for the feeling it evoked. Premonition? Deja vu? Not quite. Something stronger. Deep in her gut, she knew this house. In her mind's eye, she could picture every nook and cranny, from the dusty attic to the cold basement. There was a feeling of security and family, a sense of laughter, giggles, sadness, and tears. Here I am, her heart sang. I'm home. Not understanding her reaction, she tiptoed a little closer to the house. It was very old. It looked like pictures she had seen of fieldstone houses built in Ontario in the 1800s. It was two stories, with two long windows on each side of a central door. Above each set of windows was a dormer that Rebecca sensed were windows to sleeping quarters. Recessed back from the main house on the left was an addition with a smaller entrance. In her gut, she knew it opened into a mudroom and beyond that, the kitchen. Since the cookery was on the left, it made sense that the dining room would be behind the windows on the left side of the main house. The windows on the right probably looked into the parlor, as it would have been called in its time. Her feet crunched on the gravel as she crept up to the kitchen side of the house and peeked in a window. The property appeared to be abandoned. Odd. No one seems to be here, but the house is clean, so it's not completely deserted. I wonder where the owners are. Since no one appeared to be around, she decided to explore a little further. She walked around the backyard. A small herb and vegetable garden tucked behind the kitchen now lay abandoned and desolate. Looking up, she could see three windows on the second floor. Circling the house, she spotted an old carriage house that had been turned into a garage. Beyond it was a greenhouse. Thistles and other assorted weeds had grown right up to the structure. Some of its glass panes were shattered. An abandoned bird's nest cascaded from the top ledge of the door. Loving flowers, she walked past the barn to the greenhouse. She reached into her purse for a tissue, and leaning on a window sill, rubbed the grime from one of the intact windows. Cupping her eyes with her hands, she peered into the interior. Long tables she sensed once held beautiful flowers were aligned in rows down the center of the room. Flower pots covered with cobwebs were lined up on the work table at one end of the building, waiting for the gardener to come back and fill them with life. A rusted assortment of gardening tools were stacked near the work table. Removing her hands from the window and turning away, she saw a formal garden, Many of the perennials had long ago gone back to their wild state. Here had been a rose garden, and over there the wildflowers. She paused and knelt down to touch the soil and caress the new shoots beginning to sprout. I wonder whose hand planted this. Look at the variety. It must have been beautiful. David would love it. It would make him happy to bring it back to life. Gazing in the distance, she noticed a small hill. Climbing to its summit, the sunlight dappled the landscape as it sloped away from her. Shielding her eyes, she saw a large pond with a willow tree on its banks at the bottom of the hill. The edge of a wooden bench peeked from the other side of the tree. As she observed the scenery, a pair of geese with four goslings waddled through the tall reeds and set sail on its glassy surface. A soft breeze slid like a silk caftan over her body. She took in a deep breath and released it, letting a calming sense of peace cascade over her. How delightful! I love this place. I feel so at home here. She smiled, really smiled, for the first time in months. Absorbing the feeling of contentment, she walked down the hill towards the tree. As she got nearer to the water, she gasped. A sensation of vertigo assailed her. Her stomach clenched, and she thought she might throw up. She stopped. What on earth? Her uneasiness made absolutely no sense whatsoever. How could she switch from such peace as she had felt a moment ago to this feeling of loss and heartache? She continued on cautiously. She approached the far side of the willow and peered around it. "'Oh, my God!' she gasped. There was an old tombstone tilting in the grass not far from the tree." Here the atmosphere was thick with pain, grief, and loss. Making her way to the grave, she knelt down and gently rubbed the dirt from the marker. The epitaph read In loving memory of Madeline McBride, beloved daughter of William and Victoria Ann McBride, born January 27, 1872, died. August 8, 1875, aged three years, seven months. Victoria Ann McBride, Smith Stratton, beloved wife and mother, born January 11, 1852, died August 13, 1875, aged 23 years, seven months. May they find happiness in the arms of the Lord. There appeared to be a smaller mound beside Victoria's, but Rebecca wasn't sure if it was a grave or not. Clouds, which had been threatening rain, covered the earth and blanketed her spirit. Still feeling slightly dizzy, Rebecca's heart compressed in agony. They were both so young. Madeline was just a baby, "'her mother only twenty-three. "'But why are the graves here? "'They must be connected to the house somehow.' "'The ubiquitous tears that had been her companion for months "'formed in her eyes. "'She had no idea why she was reacting this way. "'It was almost as if she had known them, "'as if they had been very dear to her. "'But that didn't make any sense.' She stayed with her hand on the stone, kneeling on the grave, lost in overwhelming sadness. She rose, walked over to the bench, and sat down, the ache of loss and regret settling in the pit of her stomach. Who were William, Victoria, and Madeline McBride? Why were only Victoria and Madeline buried here? What happened to William? Why do I feel so drawn to them? As the sun broke through the clouds, the world became quiet and still. As Rebecca sat, the scene in front of her changed. She still faced the pond, but instead of Mama Goose and her goslings, she saw a young woman accompanied by a dog and a little girl about two years old. They were collecting wildflowers, dancing in the sun, blowing dandelion seeds, chasing butterflies, and just being happy. Their clothing was vintage, early 1900s at least, perhaps even earlier. The toddler laughed at the seeds floating in the air. As Rebecca watched, an older man leading a small pony approached the trio. Grandpa squealed the child racing to him. Hello, my pet. Look what I found wandering around the barn. She looked lonely, so I thought, I know a little girl who would love to play with you. What do you think? Would you like her for a friend? Oh, yes. mamma. look, Grandpa bought me my very own horsey. Oh, I love her, she said, clapping her small hands. The woman approached the pair. Papa, what have you done? Like I told Maddie, I found this forlorn little pony wandering around the barnyard, and she looked so sad. I knew a pretty little girl that would love her and make her happy, so I brought her here. See? They're friends already. I couldn't very well leave her by herself, now could I? No, Grandpa, no. She needs me. I love her. Can I keep her, Mamma, please? Wandering around the barnyard, you say, she said teasingly. Well, I imagine she would be disconsolate without a companion, and that would never do, would it, Grandpa? You promise to take care of her? Oh, yes, Mamma. I will take the best care of her, said the child, bouncing around in circles. Hmm... I guess we can keep her for now, but we'll have to check with your papa later. How about we get you up on her back and go for a walk, said the man. Oh, yes, please. The man lifted the child onto the pony's back, and they walked around the pond, the dog racing ahead and then running back to join the group. It was a happy sight, and Rebecca was so engrossed in the scene, she felt her heart melt. The man spoke. One day, Maddie, I'm going to buy you your very own big horse. Then you and I will ride just like your mother and I did. Grandpa giggled Maddie. Funny man, I have my own horsey, see? Yes, my sweet. Nellie is all yours, but she is a small pony. I'm talking about when you get to be a big girl. You will need a bigger horse, And Grandpa will get you one, okay? Okay. I like horses. I like doggies too. I love Thor. Thor is a pretty special dog. Maybe we should ask your mama if we could get you your very own puppy. What do you think? Oh, yes, Grandpa. Let's ask Mama. A new puppy? Yes, cried Maddie, clapping her hands. This is the bestest day ever. The man lifted the child from the pony's back and she ran to her mother, throwing her arms around her legs. Her mother picked her up and the little girl said, Mama, guess what? Grandpa told me we could get a puppy for my very own. Can we, Mama, please? The woman turned to the man. A pony and a doggie? You know Will and I will be having more children. She's not going to be lonely like I was, Papa. I know, my dear, but every child needs her own horse and dog, whether or not they have brothers or sisters. Besides, I can't wait until we can ride together like we used to. I'm not getting any younger, you know, so I want to start her early. It'll be just like old times with you, me, and Thor racing across the fields. Ah, yes. They were very good times. It would be good for Maddie to have her own dog. How about we wait till next summer for the puppy? Will this be from one of the litters at the stables? Yes, my dear. Stella will be turning three and we're going to breed her next time she goes into heat. I'm thinking of Roman for the father. He's a grand fellow, and I'm interested to see what they would produce together. Maybe you would like to come home when she is given birth, so that you and Maddie could pick out which one you want. I can keep whichever one you choose until you are ready for it to come home with you. How does that sound? Perfect. Slowly the light faded and the scene once again became the quiet pond with the goose and goslings swimming contentedly. Coming out of her reverie, shudders coursed through Rebecca's body. What was that? Get a grip, lady. It was just an hallucination. The grave made me fantasize about who the people may have been. That's all. Just my mind playing tricks on me. I'm going to walk away from here and forget all about it. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you'll come back and visit us again sometime. To contact Margaret, email her at magret.makai at gmail.com That's M-A-I-G-H-R-E-A-D dot. M-A-C-K-A-Y at gmail.com com.